This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. In preparing for this podcast, I actually put a poll out a while back, and I was happily surprised to see that so many of you requested hearing more biblical stories. It is true, though. Stories always seem to resonate more deeply than other lessons or teachings. Stories are how we relate, not just to one another, but also to history. It's part of the reason I love the Bible so much. Anyway, as I began coming through looking for some bite-sized stories, I realized that I've definitely skipped over some big ones. One in particular I have wanted to share about is the life of David. The trouble is, David's life and the study of it could take up an entire year all on its own. So, what I thought I would do over the next few weeks is go over his life in pieces. David's life was an eventful one to say the least. It doesn't just take up a few chapters in the Bible, but several books of the Bible. And he is even credited with writing part, if not most, of the book of Psalms. As I set out to start sorting the events into categories, I saw something. What I saw was a man's life that truly embodied many seasons. And like us, His life reflected some of the same themes that we experience throughout our own lives. There are lessons to be found in each of them. So, in the weeks ahead, we will be looking at the life of David by season. There are seasons of anointing. There are seasons of the early years of preparation. There are seasons of running. There are seasons of appointing. Seasons of a falling from grace. And finally, there are seasons of redemption. I'm pretty sure if each of us sat down to take the time to detail out our own lives, we'd be able to break down some of our experiences into these same seasons. And interestingly enough, the older we get and the more life we live, the more these seasons seem to fit in the same story arc as the life of David's beginning with anointing. So let's jump in. I'll pick up reading where David's life is first mentioned in the Bible. Now, for a little background context, this story takes place on the heels of God rejecting King Saul. See, Saul was the first king of the Israelites. The people basically begged God to raise them up a king like the other nations. Originally, though, God meant for the people to only be led by him. But as humans do, they compared what others were doing around them, and they wanted the same as the surrounding nations. So God obliged them. He called up Saul and had the prophet Samuel to anoint him as king. However, after a time, Saul disobeys God and turns from him, ultimately losing the anointing that God had given him. With all this in mind, we'll begin reading where David comes onto the scene. Samuel, God's prophet, is mourning the fact that Saul has turned from God and has been rejected by God as king. Starting in 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 13. Now, the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. 
So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders from the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimei. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down and eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Hi, guys. Have you ever had a Bible and you had a thought or a revelation while you're reading and you really just wanted to write it all down, but it didn't fit? Well, Journal the Word Bibles have just what you need because they have margin and line for you to put your own notes, your own artwork, your own takeaways in your Bible. I love it. I'm an artist. I like to doodle and I love putting in my notes, especially because I won't remember it next time I read it. If this is something that would interest you, definitely go check out your local Christian bookstore or visit journaltheword.com. And now back to our show. Okay, it's only 13 verses here, but a lot happens. The number one takeaway for me, though, is that God is so purposeful. This man, Jesse, has eight sons. And as soon as Samuel lays eyes on the first son, he thinks that he must be the one. But this is what the Lord says. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected this. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God measures man based on character and heart posture. I love this because we are constantly faced with comparison today. Sometimes I even call it the death scroll on socials because it automatically puts us into a comparison mindset. Comparison to others, their highlight reels, their achievements and successes. But here's the thing. 
The world's success is not God's success. The world's standards are not God's standards. And finally, the priorities of the world are not the priorities of God. He places value on the internal. He sees the heart. The world may see the actions, but God sees the motives. I'm not saying that David's brothers were bad men. I'm simply saying God wasn't looking for stature. Rather, He was looking for a heart of surrender, and He found it in the unexpected. He found it in the youngest son, who was not even held in enough esteem to be invited to the dinner. He was out in the fields with the sheep. Do you know what that says? It says that while his older brothers were lifted up in honor by their father, God saw the son who was out in the fields serving. This is the posture. This is the heart of sacrifice, humility, and surrender. This is the son who would have the greatest honor, not by his earthly father, but from his heavenly father. This is the one chosen for anointing. I recently heard a pastor I respect that defined anointing as this. Anointing is the Holy Spirit giving you the ability to do the supernatural. It is the Holy Spirit flowing through you. The last verse says, And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. So why is this important, and how does this apply to your life? I'll tell you why. When God anoints your life, it is typically the birthplace of your life's purpose. It is God marking you for the incredible things He has set ahead. You're anointed to pursue it and achieve it by obedience to Him and through His strength, within His timing and within His will. That means it is the birthplace in the beginning of your answering His call with the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And here's the other secret. Anointing is always attached to assignment. If you've been endued with the power, you will also be asked to act in obedience, aka execute. Luke 12:48 says, "From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded, and from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked." It's a biblical principle. These first 13 verses don't take a lot of space in the span of David's life, but they are very telling. They are setting him up for what God has down the road. And if you'll stick around, you can listen in on where God takes him next. As we wrap it up today, my prayer is that this series is a mix of stories and messages tailored to your heart. David's life, like many of our own, is filled with highs and lows. It is unpredictable and unexpected. And mostly, it is the story of a man who has a heart for God and who teaches us what that relationship can look like through the good and the bad, in the falling and in the redemption. David is a part of the lineage of Jesus. His life and his choices changed the course of the world. His story reveals God's heart for men, and it gives us hope that no matter what season we are in, God is there. Our lives are full of purpose, and our God is purposeful with us. I love you guys, and I pray that this series blesses you. Next week's episode, we will pick up on David's early years. 
And we would love to hear from you as we go too. So don't be afraid to drop us a message or a comment on any of our socials. I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share this show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.